They feel like they have an open heart right now, and they're going to try their best to finish him off here. Slam! King Kong Bundy! Wait a minute, break in the face! Now he's got his chance to tag out here. Stab comes in! Headbutt! Trying to make the tag! The Hulkster trying to make the tag on Paul Orndorff! Backed into the corner! Meanwhile, the double team effort continues. Come on, referee. You've got to disqualify him. Two men in there at the same time. Orndorff hanging on. Orndorff got hit in the eye as, uh, as Hogan went backwards. And he got knocked clear out of the ring. But now look at this. Why is the referee disqualifying these guys? I think he already gave the signal to the timekeeper. They've already been disqualified. Someone, come on, Paul, get in there. Orndorff should get in there and help out. What's wrong with the away on the champion. The match is officially over. They're just hammering and hammering. Finally, Orndorff comes in to help out. He sure took a sweet time about it. Nonetheless, Orndorff finally coming in to help champion Hulk Hogan. Gets him up. Pats him. All right. They'll win the match. Holds his hand up high for victory. They'll win this matchup, but nonetheless. Oh, no. What? Oh, what? What? What in the heck was that all about? You've got to be. No. No.
Pro Wrestling Spotlight, presented by Hami Media and the Pro Wrestling Reflection, where we discuss the very best of the best in pro wrestling history. And what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world revolve on you? The two soundest wrestlers in the World Wrestling Federation, maybe in the history of the World Wrestling Federation, are right here, right now. Mr. Perfect and the excellence of execution, the Hitman. WrestleMania weekend isn't complete without the heartbreak kid, and he is on his way. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. They think they got the answers. I change the question. You will rest in peace. Get used to it in Ric Flair, who you're looking at the man. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Nights, what is going on there to the big Vitoites? What is going on there to the Haminites? And I haven't said this in a long time, but because me and Jimmy T has had a little powwow, so you know what? I've forgiven Jimmy T. I, by the good graces, have forgiven Jimmy T. But neither here nor there. It was because of, let's just say, he was burnt out, man. It's a one-man operation at the PWC Networks. So the professor forgave him. The professor, you know, understands. Being a one-man operation, the man has to promote the show, the has to, you know, direct the show, the man has to produce the show. I do that here because TW doesn't do shit on the on the outside. I gotta promote the show, I gotta share the show. I understand Jimmy T's, you know, frustrations. Neither here nor there. But you know what? What is going on to the PWCites? You know, we we, we sprinkle on a couple episodes for the PWCites. What's up to the Hustleites, what's up to the ice everywhere? The United States, Canada, you know, all the world baseball classes, classic fans out there. You know, we I'm gonna say this for all the WBC fans, us the WBCites. I'm cheering for Puerto Rico, you know, I'm bang like that, I'm biased like that. People know why, because I'm a Boricua. I'm from NYC, I'm a Neo Rican. But I only I know the limitations of the Puerto Rican team. Our pitching stinks. So, you know what, if Puerto Rico doesn't win, then, you know, go eat Team USA. I waved that flag, but you know what, Team USA got stomped by Team Mexico. So let's hopefully, you know, neither Puerto Rico, hopefully both Puerto Rico and U.S. makes it to the next round. Or, God damn it, I ain't cheering for Dominican Republic. No, 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 I'll never do that. I'll never betray the Puerto flag for Dominicans. Hell no. But neither here nor there. I just wanted to get that little rant out the way. And of course... You know, there's a conspiracy going along. You know, the PWS Networks at Popping.com has been disabled. We had, you know, people, we had these, the pussification of the world is going on. 
you know, we had fun on that show. You know, we did a little Rink King episode. You know, I didn't say anything bad. I don't think so. But you know what? These snowflakes or somebody's is complaining. I don't know what happened. And the pod being people said to the professor, you know, you know, I know you edified the masses out there, professor. But you know what? Just for a little bit, we, we might have to put you on like a little timeout. You're going to have a little spanking, if you will. And the professor said, I don't give a damn popping people. You can take that little timeout spanking and shove it up. And you know what? Because the professor will never change his stance. He's independent through and through. TW will never change his stance. He's independent through and through. Do you think we're racist? <laughs> Reflection as hell. No, we're having fun. We, 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 we sprinkle on comedy with, you know, with a little world banter here and there. But for the people who complained about that episode, I give you the finger. If you can see it on the video, I'll give you the finger. It's neither here nor there. So welcome or welcome to the PW Hustle Networks. No, 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 no. Welcome or welcome to the Hami Media Group at Podbeam.com as we present to you the PWR Podcast here at the Hami Media Group at Podbeam.com. And after that rant, you already know who I am, but I must introduce myself because, you know, I lose a little age here and there. You know, I'm already 45, if I, but if I introduce myself, I turn into a 42-year-old. So, you know, the gray hair is limited, you know, getting a little bit limited. So that's a good thing. So I am the most magnanimous one. I am the most scholarly one. I am the most stupendous one. But most importantly, I am the oh so glorious one. The only objective man in this IWC, YWC, and PWC, not PWC Network, but PWC Penetry. You're a friend of mine. The, the only objective man in this political spectrum. The only independent in this political sphere. The man that calls it right down the middle. No, not Bill Alfonso, but the Professor Chabella Cruz. And I'm not here alone. No, 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 no. I am here with my brother from another mother. The man who came back from a booze cruise. The orgy cruise. He hooked up with 70-year-old billionaire widows. Widowers. Yes, Pastor Travis, he did it. He's, he's, has, he has confessed to the pastor professor here. You know, he'll, he'll lie to you, but he will tell me the truth. But I have to be honest with the reflection I said. The man who has got digits in his in his iPhone. Your friend of mine, the conservative liberal, the liberal conservative, Mr. Dum Dum Do It, it is on the iron stomach one, Dr. Freakenstein. Tommy Wonder, how are you doing? You got a little tan, I can see that here and there. You look more good. than tan, I got burnt. Now I'm still oh. itching. I'm still saying, but I'm going to tell you why it's the honest to God's truth that I didn't hook up with a seven-year-old widow billionaire. Because if I was able to do it once, I would be able to continue doing it, and I would have never came back. So no, I did not. No, I could not. I I did meet a couple from Peru by by way of meeting some dude from Peru who we sang La Bamba together at the piano bar. And when I saw him, I said hi to him. He takes off and left me with the Peruvian couple. I think that's what you call them. And mm -hmm. I became Facebook friends with them. So I'm Facebook friends with a Peruvian couple, and I said to them, my dream is to wait, one day wait, have a conversation. Did, did you do an indecent proposal with the Peruvian couple? No, because oh, I I'm also just... don't have a million dollars. But I did say to them, my dream is to one day have a Spanish conversation. I said, I can read it. I can comprehend it. I can respond to it in writing, but I cannot speak it. I'm not there yet. I said, my dream is to one day have that. And they looked at me and said, our dream is to have a conversation in English like that. I said, yeah. Well, guess what? 
You're living your dream because we ain't we ain't said a spick of uh, Spanish yet. So you just <laughs> lived your dream. I mean, just, and they looked at me and go, "You're right." They, mm -hmm. The whole conversation was in English. I I made people's dreams come true on this boat. And getting back to this, it was either Jeff Jarrett, who wants everyone to forget about King King, or this world. I I listen. You were afraid to say it. I heard you kind of tiptoe around it, but I'm gonna say it. Mm -hmm. People, look, pull up if you're if you're watching on one of these videos, Vogue. You're watching it. Thanks. To talk about race is not racist. It's communication. It's it's a, a chance to learn. It's a teachable moment. It's an it's education, and it's uh, by the way required if we ever want to get over this hurdle that actually is racism. So. Racism is to come at another race with hate. We did not do that. We had fun with them because we're equal opportunity opportunity haters, and we hate everybody. And it's not mm -hmm. our fault they had 77 versions of the great colleague. It's not. So at the end of the day, if if it is someone who is soft, and it's the one good thing that came out of Enzo Amore, I'm talking S-A-W-F-T. And there's not a bigger Whoa. collective... There's not a bigger collection of soft human beings than the IWC, YWC. Look yourself in the mirror, and if you can't even have a conversation without thinking, mentioning race at all is taboo, go back to your grandpa's basement, eat some more Cheetos, make your dick orange, and piss off. Can you make your dick orange? I, wow, that's a, is that, is that something it's, it's, I can put on YouTube? Wow. If you rub one out after eating Cheetos, you can. Well, oh God, you know your hands will be sticky. Now you, and then, now you want a Cheeto dick? See, you slide in his DMs. Slide in no. there. <laughs> but you know it will be a salty Cheeto finger. But anyway, neither here nor there. You know, I already now the pictures in my head. But <laughs> before we do anything, before we start this PWR spotlight at Tommy Media Group at Powerbeam.com, TW, you did mention there was not a box, not a uh, a box opening, but you no did have box. one of the. But you wanted to, you know, elaborate to the reflection night that you had something that you wanted to share before we start. So I figure I give that to you. I give you the floor is yours if you have something new that you want to reveal to the reflection nights. I have no idea what you're talking about. Jeez. I said I got something in the mail, but I don't want to go grab it because it's too far away. See, now I give you the platform, and now it's you're not too far away. I have to have to cut I, and then go get it. All of this tried, is the I, Ravishing Rick Rude and Jake the Snake new Ultimate Edition, like the uh, Hulk Hogan and Terry Funk one that I opened up on here before. But there you go. That's something. You know, we, we can picture it. We have, we're not that, like, we need to What it is, it's called the Coliseum Collection, and mm -hmm. they're making Mattel figures look like the LJN figures, but not like the LJN figures that are over my shoulder right here. Not, they don't look like that. They're the new mm -hmm. version of figures in the pose that those figures came in. So as you can see that Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff right there, if mm -hmm. they do one of him, the figure will come in the package looking just like that. But when you open it, you can actually move it around. There's articulation. So Hogan and Terry Funk were the first two. Now mm -hmm. we're on to Jake the Snake and, and uh, uh, Rick Rude because I, I believe the, the theme is feuds. And mm -hmm. it's the one where Jake Roberts had uh, – or Rick Rude had Jake Roberts' wife's face on his underwear but mm -hmm. i don't think the figure does oh, okay. and they're back together by the way they're back together yeah you know jake and cheryl roberts and before we get on to our episode i just before we came down here to record maybe an hour before 
I believe you live in New Jersey. That makes you a Jets fan, right? Uh, not by law, but no, I'm not. <laughs> You're a Giants fan? Not by law. No, I'm not. I just like good football. I don't care. Okay. Who. But most people in Jersey are Jets fans, right? Meadowlands. Well, I guess Giants technically, technically, technically more Giant fans than Jet fans. Jets are, get the Met treatment. You know, Yankees and Giants are the are the A-listers or the the class. Well, I was going to ask you how you feel about Aaron Rodgers becoming a New York Jet. Actually, I think that's the dumbest move that the Jets did. They could have, they should have went after Derek Carr. Or he Baker Mayfield. Hell no. Baker, Baker you know what Mayfield. they've done? Yeah. They're they, they, going to trade him to Minnesota, and Aaron Rodgers is going to 100% follow in the footsteps of Brett Favre. Absolutely. I, I see it no other way. He's he's living in the shadows of Brett Favre, and he's doing it step by step by step. But anyway, this is not the PWR NFL episode. This is the PWR Pro Wrestling Spotlight. And, you know, the first time we did it, we did greatest heel turns. The second time we did it, we did babyface turns. So it was apropos Reflection Nights that we would go back to the greatest heel turns. And TW, do me a favor. Behind you, I saw Paul, Mr. Wonderful Orndorff, uh, action figure. Could you grab that for the for the reflection? I said, if you can for me. Sure can. And while I'm up, I might as well grab. Oh, I'm a liar. I don't even have it. <laughs> oh, you don't have a Paul Orndorff? I was pointing at damn the Ultimate Warrior, thinking it was Paul Orndorff. What the hell? Gee, I thought it was on the second shelf. Now I gotta get him. Ah, uh, don't worry. You know, see, reflection eyes. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. I, I just wanted to just, you know. Well, you got the Hogan. I see a Hogan, and you got the Paul, Mister Wonderful Orndorff, uh, action figure in front of you. So, you know, it is apropos that we would do a greatest heel turns, and we are focusing on that man, Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff, betraying Hulk Hogan. It happened in 1986, and for Reflection Nights, this is going to be a fun episode because, TW, I just wanted to say this before we even start, and I want to have your kind of banter on this because when we did Barry Wyndham's heel turn to join the Four Horsemen, what did I say to you, TW? It so was the best ever. It was one of the best ever, but what, what else did I say? You didn't see it coming. Now, with this heel turn, I guess because we are in our 40s, we have seen wrestling, you know, for so many years, so many decades. I know you're going to give me the kid reaction to it, but you have to be honest with yourself. I'm about nine years old, eight, nine years old. You're about maybe 12, 13 years old around this time, give or take. 87? 86. 86? 13. 13. 13. So you and I can agree that this heel turn with Paul Warndorf and Hulk Hogan you saw this coming a mile away. What say you, T.W., about that assessment? I, I, like I said, Barry, Barry Wyndham was one you didn't see coming, but then you had the, you know, the breadcrumbs were there. But this one, the breadcrumbs were right in front of you. The segments were right in front of you. And this one, it was like, God damn it, was gonna, it was bound to happen. What say you, T.W.? Well, they were, I mean, they were constantly feeding it. Wasn't it Bobby Heenan trying to make it happen sooner? Like... Egging him on, telling telling Orndorff that he took the spotlight from him, and he's in his shadow. Which, by the way, didn't the Macho well, Man? Hogan I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not I'm not, I'm not, I'm not no, no. Let me just say this. 
change change your answer to to just the fan perspective not what happened i will we'll get into the you know the bit points and the breadcrumbs i'll i'll i'll, I'll explain it to the reflection eyes i just want you from the fan perspective you saw it coming as a, as a 13 year old no i absolutely I, I knew it was possible but i didn't think he'd do it but okay. when he did it i was devastated this is why it's my pick and, well you know obviously the rockers one was pretty heavy for me but it's why it's my pick for for the, the the most influential breakup of all time, most influential term. Because to this day, how many times have you clotheslined a buddy on a playground from that moment on, right? Mm-hmm. Like standing there hugging them, and then you clothesline them, right? That's from mm-hmm. this moment. How many times you done this to someone after you did something to them? That's this moment. Orndorff is the first guy to do the mock of the ear and hand to ear. Like let me hear you now, as Hogan laid in a heap. Because he turned on him. So mm-hmm. I, I was devastated by it because I was a Mr. Wonderful fan. It's Again, I tell people this all the time. It's not the reason I call myself Tommy Wonder. That's the Wonder Man from comic books. Uh, mm-hmm. He's over there. He's over here somewhere. Okay. Um, but the reason I put number Wonder is because of him. Like the actual number one with hashtag and a dash der is because of Paul Orndorff. And when he died, it was a sad day for me. And uh, But... This was a very, very impactful and to me the most influential, like most often intimidate or uh, imitated heel turn is mm-hmm. this one. Okay. No, I'm just saying to me, from my standards, like I said, I like the Barry Window one because you didn't see it coming. Right. And that's more of a shock value. Right. This one is you kind of had that 50-50 feel like well, I, I think, you know, Mr. Wonderful's gonna do something to Hogan. You felt that. And me being a Hulkamaniac, yes, I'm a Hulkamaniac in 86. I'm, you know, through and through with the red and yellow stuff. I had the American-made shirts. I had the jump ropes. I had the gymnastic uh, bullshit. I had the the original, uh, which was it, Jax? You know, the one where Hogan's LJN. like this. Oh, the LJN. I had the original LJN Hulk Hogan. I fucked it up. I didn't, you know, it's not a collectible anymore. It's You got you a know. hole right there. You got a hole. You put a hole in yours. And I didn't put a hole. And in the hand. It's very sticky. And in and, the mouth. And in the mouth. Did you say well, sticky? It was very sticky. That's all I'll just say. But not here nor there. But you know this where I'm going gonna, with it. This one's going to get banned next. I, I don't, it shouldn't get bad. But anyway, to the pussification people, uh, you already know. Well, but anyway. But anyway. Yes, they're soft. But anyway. But again, from the fan perspective, we can look at it both ways. You kind of saw it coming a mile away. So, Like you do sexual. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. The ladies, you know, I, I warned the ladies. What are you talking about? I warned the ladies. I'm coming to my right. You did the, the ladies are public, the dudes are private in the DMs. I shut the hell up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. But anyway, let's delve into this kind of heel turn because in the summer of '86, I'll say this, TW. Let, let's look at it from, from, from a perspective on the Hulk Hogan side. He's already two years in to being the heavyweight champion, two and a half. Two and a half. Okay, we'll we'll go. With, I'm just going with the. I'm not rounding up or rounding down. But anyway, <laughs> thus I'll do two and a half. But you can say business wise, Hogan needs a storyline championship title fight because again, you have the MSG fights every month. He's done that. He's he's beat them. He's beaten them all. He already had his main event with Bundy in WrestleMania two. So he has to. You got to have something for Hogan. So you you got to feed him somebody. So, you know, Macho Man is there, but you haven't built anything really. You can build a Saturday night's main event. So what are you going to do here? So this made all the sense in the world because this turn 
Maybe you could say it's a year in the making because Hogan gave the olive branch of forgiveness to Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff in 85 when Piper turned on Orndorff because he didn't do his job to take out Hogan and Mr. T and Snook and all that stuff. So Hogan offered the olive branch. Mr. Wonderful, it took him a couple of months, Reflection Nights. He finally accepted it. And then, you know, the first mega powers Reflection Nights wasn't Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage per se. They weren't called this. But the original mega powers, if you want to debate the professor, I will debate you. But TW might have to agree the first mega powers was Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Ondor. I'm just saying that. Absolutely. Okay, so you and I are in agreement that the first unofficial mega powers, they weren't called that, but it was Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Ondorf, and they were fighting and feuding with Bob Orton and Piper during the months on the house show. Basically, Orndorff took Mr. T's spot when he went back to Hollywood. Absolutely. So you go from there. So, again, T.W., it, before we even give you the give the reflection nights the breadcrumbs, what what say you about Hogan needing a top not a top tier opponent because everybody in you know during that formula everybody's a top tier opponent for Hogan or you you could be like oh this let's say King Kong Bundy might be he might win the title at MSG or Big John Studd he might win the title at MSG but Hogan needs another credible challenger what say you TW about what I'm saying right now well. You have to remember there's two parts to this one. It's not just the need for that. Mm-hmm. They also need to groom the next Hulk Hogan. They need to groom the guy who can do the B shows and have when Hogan's in New York, uh, New York, New York, Mr. Wonderful can headline a show in Albany, New York, and so on and so forth, right? Which mm-hmm. inevitably became the ultimate warrior. Wherever Hogan was, the warrior was somewhere else having a B show. So you mm-hmm. need a, a second baby. He had Hillbilly Jim, but he really didn't catch on because, let's be honest, he was too, too like specific. You know, he's a hillbilly. Right? It, it's funny you say that that you needed like the second level tier guy bef- below Hogan, and that used to be the Intercontinental Champion. But I get where you're going with this. You needed another good guy to headline the B shows. So, right. in essence, I really didn't even think about it till you said it. Maybe they were testing and grooming. Uh, that's not a bad word right now in 2023 <laughs> grooming. But they were grooming yeah, Mr. Wonderful to head the island and see what you got, Mr. Right. Wonderful. So they were Let's grooming Mr. Wonderful to headline the B shows and, and probably make more money. I didn't really look at it from that standpoint. So go and ahead, he, I just wanted to say you're right on he that. He looked a like a million bucks. He looked like 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 as a kid for me, the more comic book like you looked didn't have to be costume. It just had to be size and just whatever. Orndorff wasn't the tallest guy in the ring. But he was massive. And to have him there with Hulk Hogan um, getting the rub is what they call it. People were like, yeah. So if Hogan didn't do a show and Orndorff did, they were like, ah, this is his best buddy. So they go. And it must not have worked out. So they turned him heel instead. And they made a feud out of it. And they headlined an event that they never, I don't think, ever did this event again. They only did it one time. They did. It was straight to Coliseum home video. But do you remember what the event was? The big event in Canada. The big event in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So they, they, they sold out. So, you know, the way now that you mention it, it, it actually could be because maybe the finances weren't there for, for Paul Orndorff to look, sell out the B shows again. But, you know, I have to defend Paul Orndorff. I mean, but you got Hulk Hogan, the money train there. 
I'm going to go to Madison Square Garden. I'm not going to go to Albany, New York to see a Paul well, Warner show. I don't know I'm how close they are in proximity. I was trying to see somewhere further away. Like, Well, technically, <laughs> that's five hours, but I get what you're saying. But, or no, Westchester County Center. I'm not going to the Westchester County Center right. for Paul Orndorff when I could go to Madison Square Garden for uh, Hulk Hogan's show. For, you know, for it is us, what it is. For us, the B show would be in Detroit and the A mm-hmm. show would be in Grand Rapids, you know, like, right. or Chicago. Mm-hmm. It'd be close, but right. it'd still be a hike. Right. So it, it is what it is. So let's give those little breadcrumb examples because, again, the first mega powers of Hulk Hogan and Mr. Wonderful was doing the house shows, TW, and they were doing the MSG shows or the Detroit shows and all that stuff. And again, they were in the beginning year, year of 86, they were fighting Piper and Orton, and then Piper did the movie thing, and then they he did the kayfabe injury thing. I don't want to go into the Piper thing because that, that you know it, it's neither here nor there. But you see the wheels are turning with this uh, Hogan and Orndorff uh, maturation as a tag team. Lo and behold, some influencers come by, and I'm not talking about those you know TikTok influencers, but there's some influencers coming into Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff's ear. T.W. named one of them, and that was Bobby the Brain Heenan. But the second one that was actually more annoying than Bobby the Brain Heenan was actually the adorable one, Adrian Adonis. So the adorable one, Adrian Adonis Reflection Ice, had a show called The Flower Shop. That's that's when Piper was doing his movie thing. So some they, they needed a replacement show. So one of the Flower Shop episodes, Reflection Nights, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff was there. And of course, Adrian Adonis is egging him on. He eggs him, and these are the break, TW. This is an example of a breadcrumb that is so like you could see it a mile away. And I'm just gonna say this: a loaf of bread. Yeah, it's a loaf of bread. It is a whole meal. But anyway, long story short, reflection nights. Heenan and adorable one Adrian Donis are egging Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, saying that he is Hulk Jr., saying that he's making less money than Hulk Hogan. You're doing 90% of the work, and Hulk Hogan is getting all the glory. So what say you, TW, about, you know, the influencers of Bobby the Brain Heenan and adorable Adrian Donis getting to his ear? Now, remember, like I said with uh, J.J. Dillon and Barry Wyndham, because I have to always go back to this. We didn't see this stuff on TV. We we, We used our imaginations to know this. Now we got it on TV. So there's a very big difference. So what say you about the differences? Because one said it afterwards, and then you used your imagination. This is right in front of you on Front Street on TV. So which one, what preference do you like? Because I think you will like this. You like it in front of you as yeah. the viewer so you can process this. What's ABTW? Yeah, I mean, I used to hate, like, reading in the magazines and hearing about stuff that happened in house shows in Louisville, Kentucky, and go, man, why didn't that happen here? Like, we want to be part of it, you know? Put it mm-hmm. on TV, and it doesn't matter where it happens, right? Because right. there's people there, but there's also eyeballs on the TV set. So I think with, with me, as, as far as, you know, like you said, you could see Orndorff selling it every time they'd say he was in his shadow. He'd, like, think about it, like, ponder it. But mm-hmm. I think this is this is 2023 glasses, but I mm-hmm. think as a kid, you didn't see it coming on Saturday morning superstars. You saw, like, him costing him the belt. So in hindsight, you're relieved that he did it where he did it and not cost in the him na- the belt. In the nature that he did it, yeah. I, so I get that's you. why it was a shock to me because it happened after I think they won a tag team squash match where Hogan did all the shit. He never tagged Orndorff in or it was the other way around. Orndorf the other way. The other him. way. I will actually, I'll give you that. So now 
that Orndorff has this information, or he's getting influenced by both Bobby the Brain Keenan and Ordova Adrian Donis. First of all, to be called Hulk Jr. is an insult. Right. So, you know, you're you're catering to his ego. He doesn't like that. Because now you're like, you're calling me Hulk Jr. And I'm doing 90% of the work. So one of the funniest segments, TW, if you remember this, TW, you are scratching your back. What the I'm hell is burning that? up, man. This damn sunburn. <laughs> oh, it's the sunburn itch. Oh, this okay. is, listen, this is my advice to you. Mm-hmm. And listen, it's 2023. You can go with a girl. You can go with a guy. But I went on this cruise with my buddy. So mm-hmm. I got suntan shit everywhere but my back because I ain't asking my buddy to put the shit on my back. Take a loved one. Take take a child or take a female girlfriend or in your case one of the dudes in your DMs who has no problem lathering up your back because my back is the worst of all. Even though everything got burnt, the back had no protection on there and it's it's itching, man. It is itching like crazy. I mean... You, you, that's not just for you, Professor. That's to the other eight listeners too. I, I go on a cruise. First of all, go on a cruise. It was absolute time of my life um mm-hmm. everyone told me the food was stupendous i disagree but i had a drink thing i don't know if you were keeping up with my drink posts but uh i paid x amount of dollars for unlimited drinking but you get cut off at 15 alcoholic drink but you also get popping water with it mm-hmm. otherwise, otherwise you got paid for popping water because uh, they by, by the by the way, reflection. I, this this did not happen in '86 with Paul Orndorff. This is TW's yeah. cruise cruise right now. So yeah. anyway, but I'm saying go on a cruise is what I'm telling you. Absolutely, go with a significant other because I'm telling you, going to see the Bahamas, going to see Half Moon K, it's fun with a friend. And when the first couple days on there, I was laser focused on finding a chick. But like I was telling you before we recorded, my faith took over, and I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm enjoying myself. I'm not I'm not going to do that sports hunting, if you will. But I'll had it brought sand to the beach, it, I think it would have been a better time. I, I tell you this: if Hogan asked Mr. Wonderful to put some suntan on his back, Mr. Wonderful would have done it, and vice versa. So that's it's that's like you would real, do it for Big Ray. That that of course. And, and then, then you asked, then then you asked if you could toss a salad for him if you. No, like. that'd be your job. I just <laughs> want to put the suntan on. But anyway, neither here nor that. But anyway. Mr. Wonderful, you know, is catering to his ego. He doesn't want to be called Hulk Jr., but he is thinking that he's doing all this work. But it was a funny segment, TW, that I want to say because during the banter between Orndorff and adorable Adrian Adonis, Orndorff said this because he said this with a lot of confidence. He said, I can get Hogan on the phone and he will be right here on the flower shop next week. What did Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn do? They had a segment where Paul Orndorff was on a phone. And the phone hung up on him because he was trying to get in touch with Hogan. He he called his gym. Whoever was operating the, the phone operator at the gym couldn't get to Hogan because the excuse was Hogan was on the squat rack, had 500 pounds, and he couldn't get out of it. That's a good excuse. But this is your best buddy, right, TW? You can't do this. He's calling Already, for help. He's calling for help. Yeah, he's calling for his best buddy to help him out. You know, against Adrian Adonis, against Bobby the Brain Heenan, and now he feels like Hogan is jipping him. He feels like Hogan is shortchanging him, or he's feeling that Hogan is undervaluing his, you know, his friendship with Orndo. What say you about that segment? It was funny because Orndo was heated. He was already red. He was so red, and that was great acting. That was great acting by Vince the Wonderful Paul Orndo. What say you, T.W.? Far better than when he looked in the mirror in WCW and saw Hogan looking back at it. I think I think that was him. Was that him? No, that was Hogan and Warrior. But uh, anyway, uh, 
You are confusing Warrior with Orndorff. I don't know why. They're all dead. Yeah, They're all I know. Dead. I, don't know. I love them all. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was great. And and on top of the fact that he's mad at Bobby and, and, and uh, Adrian Adonis, God rest both of their souls as well, um, he, uh, he looked like a punk because he promised something and he didn't deliver it because Hogan didn't pick up the phone. So it, it absolutely is great work. I mean, that, and it's great. Think about it. This was done at a time when people thought wrestling was real. And when I say people, I mean everybody thought it was real. The, the news, everybody, there was a couple skeptics. There was, there was words behind the scenes spoken. But, you know, mm-hmm. people thought it was real. And there's a segment where he's trying to call him on the phone. And people are like, damn, he didn't take his phone call. But it, obviously, it's not as bad then as it is now because now we know everybody we know, including you right now, staring at their phones 24-7 a day. And then you just chose not to answer the call at that point, right? Mm-hmm. And so imagine how much more heated he'd be in 2023 if Hogan didn't take that call. Right. If you see, like, the text messages, you know that bubble. AEW, Tony Khan, do that spot on your show. Do it. It'll be yeah. great. No, I'm just saying because you're right. We, you know, like, the chat, like, the message chat, and you see the bubble, and it doesn't yeah. fully go. You're like, you, this motherfucker read my message and didn't respond. You know, it happens all the time, but that would be right. That'd be good for 2023 purposes. But in 86, do it. Yeah. So in 86 purposes, you know, not answering the phone at the proper time will get you pissed off. So before I I talk about the next segment, TW, let me just say this, because I don't think this is a conspiracy theory. I think this is actually truth, because, you know, in one essence, you know, Vince McMahon has got to protect the money train that is Hulk Hogan. Now, everything that is happening here and everything that has been said to Mr. Wonderful Hulk, Paul Ondorf, you know, technically to me, and I'm talking about this now as a 45-year-old guy. I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about TW at 13 years old as a Hulkamaniac and all this stuff, and I'm not talking about myself as a nine-year-old Hulkamaniac fan. But when you're protecting Hulk Hogan at all costs, Hulk Hogan looks like a dick sometimes. And then, you know... When you're a kid, you're easily manipulated to say Hulk Hogan. What did Hulk Hogan do? He didn't do nothing. He was he's being the nice guy all the time. But in some essences, TW, and when you get older, you see this. Hulk Hogan was a dick. He really he was. Is what he didn't do. He yeah. was not a good friend. He was not. He was a grandstander. Russell heel. He wrestled straight up heel style. He, but he was a grandstander. He stole the spotlight off of people. He rubbed. He got the rub off of somebody else's momentum. So what say you, TW? Again, you're protecting the money train of Hulk Hogan at all costs. So it cost you somebody else's momentum, if you will. And the momentum it cost was Mr. Wonderful Paul Ondorf. What say you, TW, about my conspiracy theory? Oh, the worst the worst momentum stealer of all is the Warrior. Cut the Warrior's title reign short. Warrior never had another back title reign. Because Hogan sabotaged his shit, man. I didn't like it. When I started looking at Hogan differently, I still love him today. I'm not one of people turn my back on Hulk Hogan, but but the Mm -hmm. end of the day, here's the deal. As a 49-year-old, Hulk Hogan, in a business where everyone else did too, he looked after himself better than anybody else. That's just the bottom line. Piper was just as guilty. I don't think I've ever heard Piper talk shit about Hogan doing it because if he did, he's a hypocrite because he knew he was doing the same thing. That's why he never lost clean to nobody. He was protecting his brand before that was a term. And mm-hmm. guys like uh, Orndorff, guys like the Warrior, God bless them both, 
They were swimming with sharks, man. Hogan's a shark in a pond full of dolphins. And and, and, you know, and don't forget Savage. So Savage felt victim to the uh, Hulk Hogan uh, spotlight yeah, stealing. But guess what? Savage was also bigger than ever because of Hogan. So pick your poison. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I'm Warrior, just saying. Warrior got big on his own. And then they put him against Hogan, and it actually took away some of Warrior's popularity because people were mad that he was wrestling Hogan. Whereas Macho Man was a heel, and Orndorff was a heel, and he brings him in under the chicken wing and makes him popular by by the rub, right? So mm -hmm. those guys got to be just as thankful to Hogan as they are bitter about him. But if you ever notice, everyone has ever talked shit about Hogan is someone who never did shit. They're just looking for someone to blame, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about Warrior and Savage because they did do stuff. They they won the belt and they figure they got held back because of Hogan. But I'm talking about the guys that just flat out say Hogan's an asshole. There are just as many guys in that business that would tell you Hulk Hogan did stuff for them oh, as no, there I, are people who said I, he did. Again, I'm mostly looking at it, the optics of right story now what line? I'm seeing. The, st the storyline story here. Yeah, This looks like... Mr. Wonderful was justified. That's why I'm yeah. saying he's justified to do what he eventually was going to do. So let me just go because now. Heenan, Heenan and Adrian were right. He yeah. Hogan was taking all the spotlight. He was taking all this thing, enjoying the benefits of the friendship without giving the benefits back. Right. So in essence, finally, Hulk Hogan picked up the goddamn phone after doing the squat rack. He finally got to the flower shop. And of course, uh, Adonis said, well, I can get Bobby Heenan to challenge you guys, Stud and Bundy, the next week on Superstars. Hogan said, yes. Paul Orndorff said, no. And Hogan looked flustered and confused and shocked that he said that Orndorff said no. But Orndorff had a great reason, TW. And that reason was he agreed to on a contract with the Boondogs. And in two weeks, the, the, the mega powers, I'm going to say this, I know reflection. I got a lot of attitudes, brother. Were they called that? No. Oh, I was just saying. I, I, that, I was, might have that was Sting and Luger. Oh, okay. I, attitudes. I, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Vince McMahon stole that one too. But ain't neither here nor there. But anyway, Sting and Luger. I'm just saying. I'm just, whatever. Either way, he agreed to do the Moon Dogs first because Mr. Wonderful wanted to showcase the you know wanted to show the world what Mr. Wonderful was all about, and of course. That match is very prevalent on the breadcrumb trail to the ultimate heel turn of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, uh, TW. With that match against the Moondogs, Hogan was not in the match. Hogan did not do anything physically. He just watched as Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff took on Rex and took on Spot, decimated them both in like, I think he did it in like six minutes, give or take, with the pile driver, one, two, three, the, the Mega Powers wins. So what's the ETW? Because Hogan was technically on TV cheering on Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. He had his hand out, he was kind of, and Mr. Wonderful did this. He kind of backed it away. He's like, I no, no, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to tag. I don't, I don't need the tag. I'm good. I'm good. So what's the ETW about, you know, that kind of breadcrumb that you see on TV? Because the friendship is not, is it fractured? Is there, you know? Are you questioning the friendship between the, the mega powers per se, TW? What's say TW? Or are you just well, like, Orndorf, okay, a win's a win. Hogan, not mm -hmm. Hogan's the Orndorf. Okay, I'm just saying, are you, you're not questioning as a fan. Okay, the, a win's a win. It's the opposite of the, the Barry Wyndham Luger one, right? 
Most mm-hmm. turns in tag matches like this, A, happen during the match, not after. And B, it's because the one guy's so beaten, he's not in the corner for when the second guy's beaten and tries to tag in. And that's the beginning of the end of the, the partnership because they feel like, you left me high and dry, even though he's selling on the floor dead, right? So mm-hmm. Orndorff never tagging him in is very braggadocious, very cocky, very, I'll take the spotlight from you. Um, but again, it's, it's happened so fast between the flower shop and that match, I still didn't see it coming. I thought they were going to play out a little longer. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, again, visually, it's a breadcrumb. But, but again, in hindsight, in our 40s, we see it coming. Yeah. Again, yeah. The, the kid the kid fandom thing reflection us you got to understand you know TW's right you probably are just maybe jaded maybe you're a fan of both and a win is a win so again you don't care as long as they won and they won convincingly and one other break from TW that maybe you didn't either care about or didn't notice was Mr. Wonderful Paul Onroff was starting to do this he was starting to do the I need to hear the fans cheer for me he started to do the was it Hogan trademark, you know, antics? What say you, TW? I wasn't like, oh, damn. I was like, okay, this is the mega – you could say it's the mega powers. Both yeah. of them – Or know. it's like, well, what about me? What about Raven? It's like, look at me. Okay. Like, you cheer for this guy. Let's cheer for me. What? Let's hear it. And I think the crowd popped for it. I think they cheered him when he did it. No, they, they cheered him. So, you know, and, and there was – and I think the one thing that you could look at it from, from one standpoint was the commentary. Vince McMahon and Bruno Sammartino really didn't kind of like hone in on certain things. They did say, TW, and I'm trying to be honest with the match against the Moondogs, is like, why is he not tagging, you know, Hulk Hogan? I mean, why why is Orndorff taking all the... They kind of said it a little bit, but then after that, it was, you know, neither here nor there. We move on to, the, to next week. The mega powers of Orndorff and Hogan against Stud and Bunny. By the way, reflect, reflectionize on the audio. If you if you don't watch this on the PWS or YouTube networks, I am laughing because he is itching his ass off with the sunburn shit. And I'm looking at him and I'm trying not to laugh. I just wanted to point this out. It's funny to me, but I'm still a professional. I'm still doing <laughs> my shit. But I'm watching TW scratching himself like leprosy. Thank, thank, thank God you're not scratching your balls because that would have been more funnier because oh, now you're doing it. See, again, the audio reflection. The best is my camera automatically started going down. (laughs) It went down. But anyway, now let's get to the main event here of this heel turn episode, TW. It is Orndorff and Hogan against Stud and Buddy with Bobby the Brain Heenan in their corner. And, you know, again, untapped potential, TW. I don't know why they never pulled the trigger on Stud and Bundy being the tag team champion. Because there's I mean, no one to lose them. That's why. No, I'm, but again, TW, with this match, you can see that any team can eventually beat this team. They're not gargantuans per se. You, they you are know, it's gargantuans. Not like, but they're beatable. I mean, the, the, uh, the, the modern the, day, they would be the uh, AOC or whatever the hell they were called. <laughs> the AOCs. <laughs> the AOP. The, the, they, they're the progressives. Know. They're the progressives then. But I don't. But neither here nor there. But but TW, you get what I'm going with. I mean, again, it's after, why Haku after, and Andre won them. So Haku could take the pin. So Stud would take the pin. He would be Stud the Stud is player. bigger than Bundy. He's just not as fat. So you got to give some kind of yeah, leeway. Man, but everybody in this damn match is dead except for Hogan. Jesus Christ! You see, you're the gatekeeper of heaven. Who's the referee? Anyway. Is it Joey Morella, the ref in this one? 
He probably was. I don't know. I did. I forgot to. I forgot to check that oh, one. Oh, Vince. Out. Vince is around. Bruno's still around, right? No, Bruno died a couple of years ago. Oh damn, Bruno. I'm sorry. Yeah, we did a spot. <laughs> we did a story on it too. Yeah, yes, we did. But anyway, we'll live forever in my eyes. We're we're gonna we'll we'll delve in a little bit reflection nights into this main event because who starts off the match reflection nights? Of course, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And there was one spot in particular, TW, because. Of course, he's trying to do his grandstanding, like you said, braggadocious thing that I can handle both John Studd and King Kong Bundy all by myself. I don't need Hogan. He gets the comeuppance on him. But there was one, uh, you know, sequence that is very prevalent to getting to this heel turn. Uh, Orndorff, TW, wanted to slam Big John Studd. He did it a couple of times, came up short. But... He, he took him out, you know, he punched him, you know, to the out to the corner and all that stuff. But finally, he gives the tag to to Hulk Hogan. And what happens, T.W.? Hogan slams John Studd in the ring, middle of the ring. <laughs> Technically, he's supposed to get ten thousand dollars. But I forget the count by then was about, you know, Bobby Heenan owed a lot of wrestlers about a million two hundred thousand dollars after that, that slam. But neither here nor there. But a million two hundred thousand. But in the corner, Orndorff looked incredibly pissed off. He kicked the he kicked the bottom rope and all that stuff. You saw frustration while Hulk Hogan grandstanded, took the spotlight from Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. So what say you, T.W., about that sequence? The breadcrumb of the heel turn coming so much closer. It's it's like a perfect match, but spread out over two. Like, and the two guys that aren't even fighting together are the ones doing it. It's it's a work of art. I'm sure Pat Patterson called this shit because mm -hmm. basically, in a in a cold house show in Albany, New York, and me versus you, and you're the heel and I'm the baby, and we come out. I come out second because you're gonna come out and tell everybody to suck it. They're gonna cheer mm -hmm. for me no matter what. So when we lock up, you're gonna do a quick arm drag on me and and do this. And the crowd's mm -hmm. gonna boo you. You're gonna whip me, and you're gonna put me in the headlock. I'm gonna whip you to the ropes, drop down, come back. You're gonna drop kick me, and 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 do a handstand or whatever. And then we're gonna lock up again. I'm gonna arm drag you. I'm gonna headlock you. You're gonna whip me in. I'm gonna drop kick you, and then you're gonna get up, and I'm gonna drop kick you one more time, and then clothesline you over the top rope, and Albany, New York, go banana. Mm -hmm. That's what they did here. The grandstanding was done the week before with Orndorff, lukewarm reception. Hogan does it. It ends with a huge slam of, of of Big John Stud. Everybody goes banana except for Orndorff, who's in the corner going, you motherfucker. Mm -hmm. You motherfucker. And it's beautiful. It's a work of art. All right. So, again, I have to ask this question. Is the justification there for Orndorff? Because now remember who was feeding all this information to him for him to get to that point. It was Heenan. And adorable Adrian Adonis. So now the justification comes back. So is Hogan, uh, again, before we get into the moves that, you know, by that time the clothesline heard around the world, I keep asking the justification, TW, because, again, you know, you talked about the stuff, he politics behind the scenes. I'm talking about visually on the TV. Right. Is it is it the justification for Paul Wonder to get to that point? Do you do you agree that Paul Wonder had no choice but to I do what he did? I would say in this situation, Orndorff thinks so. Mm -hmm. But I would think if anybody was justified in doing what they did there, it would be Hogan because Orndorff did it the week before. So uh -huh. Hogan's justified in anything you can do, I can do better 
knock the block off my shoulder. Okay, mm-hmm. you did it last week to the Moondogs. I'm going to do it this week to Stud and Bundy. So it's like- almost The only thing that would make it better mm-hmm. is if the match ended with Hogan never tagging Orndorff in, and then the next week, like instead of Stud and Bundy, have them beat uh, you know, Iron Sheik and Volkov. And then the next week, have it be Stud and Bundy in the turn, right? Mm-hmm. It would it would have been then it would have been, well, you did it once, now I did it once. What are you mad about? And then he could turn on him, and then everyone will hate Orndorff because it'd hey, be man. like a little, it'd be like a brotherly tit for tat, right. like you anything yeah. you can do, I can do better. And and then yes. the third time, the the third time's the charm. Then the heel turn could happen. I get where yeah. you're going with that. That kind yeah. of and and then logic. have Hogan do it again, and then that's Orndorff like fuck because now it looks like Hogan won because he got two times and Orndorff only got one. And then rather than Grandson, now now it looks like Hogan's up. doing it on purpose. Right now you're showing me up. Now you're I not getting check. even. Now you're one right. up in me. Right yeah. now now I gotta check you. So I get where you go with that. That that actually kind of makes sense. So let's get to the to the to the closing moments of this match because now evidently TW you know. Hogan is taking a two-on-one beatdown. Oh, wait. I have to say this before we even get to that point. There was a part of the match where Hogan ran into Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Orndorff went out to the out to the floor complaining about he got hit by Hogan. Remember, it was very important. It was Hogan that did it. Hit him in the, in the face, and he kept going like this because the shit hurt. This was the most – he was hurt for like five minutes. He was like – I can't say. I can't. What the hell? This shit hurts. This shit hurts. He kept doing that all around the corner. He did not look at anybody else, but he kept he, he kind of like looked from his good eye at what was going on in the ring, but he kept doing this and kept walking around. So it evidently reflection nights, it became a two-on-one beatdown. They took the referee Joey Morella, who's also in heaven, thanks to TW telling me this, the gatekeeper, but he went out the ring. It was a disqualification, technically. I think it was a no contest, but technically with the disqualification, Hogan and Orndorff would win. So Vince McMahon and Bruno San Martino in the commentary booth saying, why isn't Orndorff getting in the ring while Orndorff is selling the injury that he's having? Finally, after Hogan is really beat down and can't defend himself, your logic comes into play. Orndorff comes in like a white knight, takes out Stud, takes out Bundy, but they don't leave to the back very you know quickly they stay around the floor and look up orndorff you know the fans are cheering orndorff you can say visually you can see orndorff is getting the 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 glory if you can say he's getting the rapture of the glory helping hogan up hogan is disheveled hogan doesn't know what's going on then orndorff does something very funny he raises hogan's arm and then tw take over Sets it down and just boom, the best clothesline of all times. And then Vince McMahon is like, all he can say is, what? What is going on here? And not once, not twice, but three times, Powell drives Hogan to the match. And then Hogan is, he's a, actually, and then he's a great seller. You got to give Hogan that credit. And of course, like- right. And then, of course, Orndorff did what did Orndorff do? What you just do it again? Orndorff did that, and the and the crowd, who was manipulative, what they saw, eventually booed Orndorff out of the building. He brings back Stud and Bunny to the ring to celebrate, and then the cast of characters tried to save Hogan from being beat down worse. We got the U.S. Express, we got the British Bulldogs, we got King Tonga, aka Haku, and we got Siviafi. 
but they didn't touch, you know, none of the bad guys touched them. So, and it was a plan, supposedly it was a plan all along. It was a well-orchestrated plan where you saw in the back, adorable Adrian Donis hug Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And Vince McMahon and Bruno San Martino look like they lost a the puppy when they're seeing <laughs> all this happen. They can't believe that, you know, John Studd is patting Orndorff on the back like, good job, boy. Good job, kid. And then, of course, in the back, everybody's chanting, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. King Kong Bunny denounces that he does not want to take the title from Hogan anymore. That is up to I'm going to give it to Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. So all of, all of a sudden, in a span of about five minutes, CW becomes the number one contender because King Kong Bunny moves out of the way for the greater good in giving Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff the shot. And in essence, TW, from that sp- from the summer of 86 to January 87, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff was conceivably the number one contender at house shows, the big event, like you said, and, of course, Saturday night's main event. The cage match heard around the world where it was a tie. tie we don't yeah. Have, yeah. So we don't have to go into the details of the feud, but that's where it was it was heading to. So what say TW about this? Because again, in the beginning of the show, I said Hogan needed a storyline title defense, you could say. He needed a top contender. They he gave him the meat. Pro- he needed a meat. story with meat. Yeah, so you got a lot of meat with Mr. Wonderful Paul on her. So the floor is your TW. What say you because from the clothesline and everything after that, you said is a is a thing of genius. It's, it's great booking, but I mean, there's a lot of things you can say as an adult in hindsight, right? Like mm-hmm. as a kid, let me tell you a story. Yesterday was my daughter's 19th birthday, so let me tell you a story about. God bless. To the I watched with her when she was five, six years old, maybe even four or five. We watched the Star Wars sixogy, whatever the hell mm-hmm. you call it, trilogy of two. Mm-hmm. Um, but we watched it the way George Lucas intended it. I had her watch Phantom Menace first and Revenge of the Jedi last. So okay. at the end of Revenge of the Sith, it's it's Obi-Wan and 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 uh, Anakin fighting on that lava planet, right? Mm-hmm. And Obi just takes him to town, chops off an arm, a hand, one leg. And my daughter is screaming at the TV, what are you doing? That's your friend. That's your friend. She's mad as hell. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to old ass Obi-Wan Kenobi and Star Wars getting cut in half because Leah distracted his ass. And that's why Vader got the the the, the Well, the, it was the it good. was Luke, Luke, Luke. Yeah, Luke. Luke. He yelled well, out to, to Obi-Wan. One of them one of them bitches got him killed. But okay. uh so he gets he gets to jump on him, cuts him in half. My five-year-old daughter jumped off the couch, pointed at the TV, and said that's what you get. And I look at my daughter, I go, Belly, you know Darth Vader's the bad guy, right? I don't care. They were friends. He did that to him last time, and that's what he gets. And this is why he got it this time. So there are some who would say, oh, my goodness, Hulk Hogan took Orndorff in when his friends betrayed him, and this is how he treats him. And there are others who would say, what did you think was going to happen? This dude was just trying to kill you at WrestleMania 1. Now all of a sudden you think he's your best friend? Nah. This this guy's he's been like this the whole time. He was he was the dirty bird the whole time. You you've let this guy into your world, into your house, into your family, and this is what you get for it. And then what happens? Three years later, two years later, he well, does it te- again. Te- technically a year later, so you can say that. With Macho Man? Uh well Yeah, because WrestleMania four was when Hogan helped him win the belt. That mm-hmm. would have been eighty eight. 
Yeah. So two years, two year, year and a half, two years later, he does it again. Let's the bad mm-hmm. guy become his buddy and then gets turned on for it. Let me again. Let's go back into this TW because we already focused on Mr. Wonderful Paul Norv. And again, in my opinion, he's justified. Just like you gave the analogy with the Star Wars thing with uh, Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi. But when it comes to Hogan. The formula, you just actually said it. The formula was there for Hogan to always get betrayed on. It happened with Orndorff, happened with Savage. Technically, it happened with Sid Vicious, but even though Sid Vicious didn't, they, they actually manipulated that. And when you get older, you're like, no, Sid, Sid Vicious did not deserve this heel turn. It, it was Hogan's fault. He politicked yeah. his, his way into that. But again, I'm not trying to go into that. But again, let's talk about the business. end. Andre, forgot Andre. Oh, you want to go there too? Ah, we can, well, Andre we, turned on him too. That was well, technically, that was years of, of manipulation from Hogan. That was three years right, of manipulation right. from from get, from not even giving him a title shot. So again, right. what say you about protecting the money train? We understand why you protect the money train because Hogan gives you, you know, draws the money. But I keep saying it again, there's sacrifices. And consequences because again, momentum is taken away from maybe future money makers. What say ETW about that analogy? I think it's a shame Orndorff didn't get it wrong with that belt because you know you end up putting it on Andre, which you almost have to because and, and you still even kind of screw job it onto him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point to give some legitimacy to the belt because I, even though. As a kid, you were happy with Hogan being the champion for four solid years. It's not a good business model, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's going to be upset with Roman Reigns losing to Cody Rhodes. I think more people would be more upset if Cody doesn't beat him because it's been so long since the title changed. Him. We live in a world now where belts are hot potatoes. So I, I think Roman having the belt for over two years, he might even be closing in on three. I don't know. Um I think he's, clo- he's closing in on a thousand days. So okay, so that. that's almost three. So that's way more special than Hogan carrying it for four years because you already had Backlund for six and, and Bruno for two reigns lasting 13 or 12 years, whatever it was. You already had Let that it. happen because the belt never changed hands. The belt was protected. Flair would lose it once a year and that became predictable, right? So Roman having it this long, he doesn't need to break those records because if he breaks those records, Wrestling's going out of business because people will lose interest in it. Even though there's a thousand and one belts, that's the belt, right? And I like mm-hmm. it that it's merged together. Um, but I, I think Orndorff beating him and Hogan taking it back, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like he did with Savage. Savage got it. Hogan took it from him. But tell me Macho Man didn't look good with that belt, right? It didn't look out of place. He didn't look too small. He didn't look whatever. Mm-hmm. Orndorff being the heel version of that, I think would have gave more legitimacy to it. Because he would have had it for however long he had, Hogan would have got it back, and and I think I think it would have been the right thing to do. For, but for him to chase it and never win it, it almost. It no, almost it, wait, T.W. Let me ask you this question. So let's let's play the what if booking. What if Orndorff won the big event, became the champion because it's Toronto, Canada, it's in front of sixty thousand people. How long would you have had? Would you have waited for that Saturday night's main event in '87 for Hogan to get the belt back? And, and then, then you just, call it a tie again. 
mm-hmm. you keep it on Orndorff, and then you have another match, and Hogan wins it back, and and everybody goes away happy, right? And you give them the, obviously you probably back. you probably would have like shielded Hogan again from not having to fight Andre at WrestleMania three. You would have had Hogan probably get the belt back at WrestleMania three against. Orndorff, but maybe nah, ninety thousand. That would have that would have had him keep the belt for almost a year. He would have had. To, I think he would have lost it at SummerSlam, which I don't think existed yet. No, it didn't exist yet. It was no, a year before. Right. So 88 SummerSlam's first one, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's so, why I said the way you're saying. Yeah, it, yeah. The big event was like October, give or then take. You have him, then you have him win it at a Saturday. Oh, the big event was October. Yeah, October, November of '86. Oh, I thought that was in like June or July. No. June or July is when Orndorff betrayed Hogan. Right. The few lasted for about six months. The few lasted for six months. A couple of Saturday. There was a Saturday night's main event match before the cage match. Well, see, now you're messing with history because WrestleMania 3 wouldn't have happened like it did if if Orndorff was champion. I'm just saying, you know, you you play the devil. Hogan win it back, and then that's when Andre steps in for his his part of it. But he doesn't have to be champion for long. I mean, dude, look how many times Ric Flair won the belt back within less than 30 days, right? Ronnie Garvin, I, I, I think it, it takes away the mystique of a Hogan four-year reign, though. That's what I'm just saying. There's some legitimacy to to a dynasty. There's a legitimacy to a legacy. So, yeah, but he was know. at he was at two and a half anyway. Again, there was a there's a difference because in this legacy of Hogan was now with cable TV, was now with marketing, now with sponsorship. This is not the same as Backlands. It's not by the, the way, same as Sam Hogan didn't lose Andre WrestleMania three. He lost in January of '88. And that that Tuesday yeah, night's main event. Well, Friday night's main event, but you know, again, Whatever. neither here nor there. But and it was let's, let, let's put a bow on this greatest heel turn again. Barry Windham, I will still say it, it's the heel turn you never saw coming. This one, reflection ice, you could be honest. You saw this coming a mile away. But TW, this is his favorite because of all the parameters of a heel turn. Because I think TW, you're right. The way that Paul Orndorff Betrayed Hogan is the way people have betrayed other wrestlers till 2020 Tress because the formula is there. Whether you're hurt, it's why it's why Marty Jannetty went to the barbershop window. The same deal, man. It was straight up betrayal, like Mm -hmm. not not costing you a match, costing you humility and everything else. But it to me, it's the most influential turn ever. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm and it almost and just to, just to defend Andre, Andre at least did it like a man. Andre was like, "No, nah, motherfucker, I'm sick of you. You did right. I, you've been ducking me." And he did it face to face, ripped his cross. That was a sad day because the same day Andre did that to to Hogan, the Bulldogs lost tag belts to the Hart Foundation on the same episode of Superstar. I'm still scarred to this day. Well, you're scarred, and some people are very happy on that day that both Hogan's cross went down and the Bulldogs lost the titles. But neither here nor there. Some people those celebrate. Are, those are generic, g- gen- degenerates that were happy with that. <laughs> Let's put a ball on this app of this heel turn. Absolutely, TW. With Again, now again, we've said it time and time again, and I will still say this. I don't call it a heel turn. I call it a justification of Paul Owner doing what he had to do to get Maybe I guess a garner of respect. What say you, TW? Let's put a ball on that. Is it justified? It made, it made, man, it made him leapfrog Roddy Piper into relevancy. So hey. if he's a heel through and through, 
and it was plotted from beginning. I, it, it, it's you, the con job, the long con, and it worked. You out might, you might, be, you might be right. I think he was voted 1986 heel of the year by pro wrestling, uh, the Aftermags, because of what he ended like Piper's like four year reign or whatever. Well, it wasn't a four year reign, but I get what you're going with. But I think 86 that was a unilaterally undeniable heel turn of the year via the Aftermax. But you could correct me. Reflection. No. With that being but he, said, he became the man. In that moment, he became the man. He's the third guy out at WrestleMania one. Mm-hmm. He's the man at the big event in the main event. There you go. And with that being said, we close on this pro wrestling spotlight here at the Hami Media Group at PaBeam.com. I can't say fucking PWS Networks because of the pacification of this world that we are living in. And next week. Oh. T.W. will be, you know, jamming with the Kiss reunion. He'll be going on a Taylor Swift, uh, you know, concert cruise. That's June. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, is it or is it Madonna? I don't know. I can't keep Steel up. Steel Panther, man. Steel Panther, Steel Dragon, wh- whoever cares. But anyway. Steel Dragon, that's a good band. Yeah, it is. But anyway. A movie. T.W. will be on a musical uh, journey. And I will be joined by the executive producer extraordinaire, Big Ray Hernandez. He will be filling in for TW, and we will do a PWR episode. We are going episodic. The heroes of wrestling, the worst pay-per-view ever in the history of professional wrestling from 1999. I think that's why TW doesn't want to be on the PWR podcast (laughs) next week, because it doesn't want to review this hell of a show. But neither here nor there. Me and Big Ray will enjoy giving you what we do best, episodics. So, T.W., give out those socials so we can get out of here and you can reinstate that other one. That's right. The Pro Wrestling Coalition Network sponsors us again. PWC Network at Podbean.com. Hami Media Group at Podbean.com. HMG can be found at ChannelAttitude.com. And then, of course, we can be found on Twitter where I do absolutely shit all, as Professor so eloquently stated earlier, is at PW Reflection. Um, then you got at Big Ray Hernandez. That's every single social media app there is: Snapchat, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Grinder, Professor's DMs. You can find at Big Ray Hernandez. That's how you get it to Big Ray. Uh, for me, you got at Tommy Wonder Nineteen is my little bit more political Twitter, along with my Instagram at the Tommy Wonder is my more wrestling centered twitter and tiktok facebook.com backslash tommy wonder and snapchat number wonder and then big veto and the well can be found at big veto patreon.com backslash the big veto brand and also you can watch the early release of the reflection video at twitch.tv backslash the big veto brand and see it all there all right, and you can find me on my Twitter at PWSOPROF. That's PWSOPROF. And if this gets uploaded by A Track Brown, this will be on the PWSO YouTube networks. That's a guarantee. We're not, uh, you know, we're not uh, disabled there. They might be coming for us, but, you know, that'd be a different reason. That might be copyright issues, not political issues. But anyway, follow my. Follow my brothers in arms, Billy Ray Valentine, the man with the documents at OB1, you know me. And of course, the king of the reactions, 8 Track Brown at the number 8, TRAC. Brown. And again, next week, TW will be on the concert uh, tr- caravan. You know, again, it's not uh, it's not Steel Panther. It's Madonna. It's uh, Taylor Swift. It's Debbie Gibson. It's uh, Shania Twain. It's uh, who else? It's Winona Judd. It's, 
It's Tiffany. It's whoever. Lady Gaga. Maybe Vanity. I don't know. Lady Gaga. She's, she's fucking dead. So thanks thanks for putting me on the death fucking wagon. I do. I just wanted to see if you, you say that. So anyway, me and Big Ray will be holding it down next week for the episodic so of You guys Hero- will probably be on the same sofa. But no shut, pants. Shut the hell up. <laughs> and with that being said, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful. Tommy Wonder, stop scratching your ass. We are out of here. Shirt. Oh, okay. See ya next week at the PWR at the PWR podcast here at Hami Media Group at Podbeam.com. Peace. Soft. S A W F T. <laughs> <laughs>